0: What's going on, everybody? I want to come on today and talk a little bit about culture. It's been on my mind because it's something we've been talking to our recruits about. Uh, and I also had the pleasure and honor of writing for coachwithcare.org. It's a new website that's dedicated to sharing ideas about culture, treating people with respect, all that. And it's for coaches, parents, and players. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out. There are four major values a coach with care uh, looks at, uh, culture, action, respect, and expectation. And today, I'd like to read you guys my contribution on the topic of action. Uh, real action inspires you don't know what you don't know when i first got into coaching i was a yeller i had a quick trigger i'd scream like a lunatic and make my wrath known at certain points in my career it's how i was coached it was the classic dramatized cliche that so many people have come to think of the coaches they see on tv the moment of change my moment of change came when i was lucky enough to learn from coach Setyak at franklin and marshall i'd see a mistake or a lack of effort and i'd be quick to react but set wouldn't take that approach Coach Setiak would grab a guy, pull him to the side, and ask him what's wrong. Why isn't he performing 100%? Why is his effort down? Why can't he grasp that concept? This was the embodiment of the phrase, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Bottom line, you need to know your players. You have to have a relationship with them away from the field before you can enhance their experience on the field. When they trust you, when you understand that a guy was up until 3 a.m. studying for midterms, or his mom is sick at home with cancer, the yelling really isn't warranted. Through experience this like this, I've adopted the mindset now that if a kid doesn't understand something, that's my fault. If I feel that there is a lack of effort or action, I need to become more prone to pull them aside. Players play this game to be great, some just take different roads to get there. There's a strategy to raising your voice. When challenging your players and losing your temper is less frequent, it has a greater meaning. A firm line can still be established with players, but listening to players helps to take action together. The Smartphone Generation Players are still quite vulnerable. Many from this particular generation grew up on social media and need to feel connected. I've noticed that some players have a constant need for attention and believe their worth is tied to the number of likes and followers they have. The drill sergeant coach isn't the best approach because this generation's fight-or-flight response is to log off, block, or shut down. On the other hand, they also grew up with all the world's information at their fingertips. Information can be accessed in less than two seconds, and if it's any slower, they restart the router. A popular narrative that exists now is that kids are entitled. I disagree. I see myself in so many kids today, but the difference now is, kids don't just do. They want to know why. Why are we doing this? If there isn't a good reason, they are skeptical and they can find that information elsewhere. They can go onto YouTube and see hundreds of other programs and other methodologies and can make up their mind about what's right and what's wrong. Coaches need to identify why they are doing things. Coaches need simple and clear explanations, and if there isn't a functional reason, perhaps that practice, method, or task deserves some reflection. Why do we need to be on time? Because when we have a job and a family to support, we may lose our source of income if we aren't on time. Why do we train? To prevent injuries so we can stay on the field and continue to play the game we love. If there is no why that can be articulated when it comes to running a mile to warm up, that practice should probably cease. Above the line. In our program, we talk a lot about how there's a line that represents average the average football player, the average student, the average member of the community. We talk about how our expectation for them is to be a higher standard. We want to live above the line. If the average student walks into class five minutes before it starts, we need to be there 10 minutes. If the average person cleans up after themselves, the below average person leaves their plates behind, then the higher standard is cleaning up after others in the the cafeteria. Why do we do this? Because being someone who's respectful, dependable, and conscientious is someone that's going to be successful. Making good decisions and performing positive actions will lead to positive outcomes. Do that over a period of time, and better outcomes will come. Stack better and better outcomes on top of each other, and we've got a pattern for success. Most people don't just wake up one day and get a life-altering opportunity. These come at the culmination of perhaps years of above, above-the-line decisions and higher-standard habits that help them get there. How are we going to do it? By going to and through in everything we do. Relentless pursuit to the ball and through the whistle. Relentless effort to our max and through the workout. Relentless focus to the best of our ability and through the class. We don't have rules. We have expectations. Our expectations come from a Drake song. Drake just stands for do right and kill everything. The expectation is to do the right thing and put everything we have into that. If we don't know what the right thing is, we should ask ourselves, would our mom want to know we said or did that? If this was a road trip, the higher standard is our vehicle. To and through is our gas. Trust and accountability are our targets. Adversity is our roadblock. Our goal is to stick together no matter how difficult the situation. We want to hold ourselves accountable and others around us and be tougher than any situation together. Winning is a byproduct of the process, it's not the destination. We can't become what you are not. We train our players to be accountable by giving them control of their 20 square feet. 20 square feet is a metaphor for ownership of beliefs and actions. Within their 20 square feet, they are responsible for whatever they believe, that the Bengals will win the Super Bowl, that the earth is flat, but they also have to believe in the higher standard and demonstrate it through their actions. Similar to how one positive outcome builds on another positive outcome for an individual, we build our culture and program one individual on another, We stack my 20 square feet on yours, on his, on his. We get our players to buy into the higher standard and clean up their 20 square feet by concentrating on what they will get out of it. Find their dream and feed it, PJ Fleck. This inspired me to start having dream meetings with our players. We discuss their major, their internship possibilities and their dream job. I incentivize their buy-in with willingness to help them achieve their dream. Whether that means letters of recommendation, serving as a reference, calling a contact or something new we haven't discovered yet. We like to level up their commitment to the team and culture by committing to help them reach their dream. By nurturing our off-field relationships and explaining why we're doing things, leaving a higher standard and reinvesting in what they will get out of the experience, those actions inspire those under us to be committed to becoming better football players, better students, and better members of the community.